slave him in your stomach. Broken Bible verse in your pocket. The watch that watches time like the red line riding towards your heartbeat. The stolen overpriced soul that you can't buy back played back on repeat. Barcodes branded on newborn babies' birth certificates. There's a price set on your life's worth. Selling yourself back to yourself before you can download your self-worth. There is an app that interacts with your melanin, but you gotta die first. There is dirt in my dialogue and a callus on my soul. Scratching at the infection like a mad turntable. It's a bloody crucifix called into our fingerprints. Cause Lord knows as soon as the cock crows, they will take hold and siphon the God out of your dick. Fuck you and fuck them too. I am Jesus at a peaceful protest, fully strapped. I am John Brown posting pics on Instagram. A free slave's been sold back. I am Harriet Tubman in the club making it clap. I am Imhotep on crack. I am your worst fucking nightmare. Cause I don't know who I am, but I know how the I am. A biracial binary baby with an iPhone plugged into his navel, keeping Africa fully charged, only to get charged. Double for the cost of my life back and catch a charge from those in charge, charged with no rights. So you're damn right, it's within my rights to write back, nigga. Frederick Douglass ain't need Twitter. You could be Trayvon Martin Delaney King and still not be accustomed to the hood you in. They put Christ in a hood and let the media crucify the spin. So when the zealots was finished yelling, we remain equally unaware of the blood spilling in the linen of the hood you in. So if you brown, six shots will put you down for the count because your very skin is a threat to the world you in. You can't be in the struggle and not struggle. I guess the griot is back with a vengeance. White guilt had sex with white privilege and produced assimilated niggas. There's a railroad of bones at the bottom of the ocean. There's a chamber of souls and the guns our sons are holding. There is a loud graveyard planted beneath every American city. There are a billion black bodies coming back to the living. You thought the zombie apocalypse was some shit? Just wait until you get a hold of my niggas. See, this is the dispensation of truth in the new age. And there are so many slain ancestors coming back for revenge that it will make reparations look like minimum wage. No justice, no peace, but I will scream justice in this peace. If it's just us in this peace, but don't expect no just us once we take to the streets. Black lives don't matter. Black lives are matter. Like black, like space, like stars and shit, like melanin. Matter, nigga. But sometimes I wonder if it all really matters when I hear the devil's laughter and if dreams are just nightmares that heaven shattered. A wise man once told me, the black man is God. If God looked into a mirror and the mirror shattered. You're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you Check this out man Spoken Soul Sessions Oh my god This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Bold stances and looted dances got us here You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Start from scratch, exploring new possibilities.
Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and family, I'm happy to be here. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone is inspired to be better, a better version of of themselves today. Family, today is the day I've been waiting for. My special guest in the studio today is a living legend. This poet has been so instrumental in where and how I perceive my poetry. I mean, his words had a a profound effect on my art. Let me give this brother the proper introduction he deserves. I'm talking about none other than Victor Rogers, a.k.a. Slankston Hughes, is a national slam champion based out of Baltimore, Maryland, director of youth poetry and do more poetry, do more Baltimore and lead coach of the world champion 2016 and 2018 Baltimore City Youth Poetry Team. His work has been published in the Post and the Poets America's Anthology via the Kratz Creative Writing Center. Slankston published his first collaborative literary work, Writer's Alchemy, with Proseus Devlin E. Waddle, as part of the In Body in 2017. Slankston Hughes, Victor France Rogers II, released a collection of his poetry that spans nearly the past two decades. Slanguage Arts and Griot Glimpses is both a chronicling and one individual's growth as a writer over a 15-year period, 2002 through 2017. 2017. A poetic, a, a poetic evolution as well as a record of some of the era's most pressing, most pressing social political issues and happenings is witnessed and responded to arguably some of the most radical and profoundly truthful incantations ever written down via the medium of poetry in a matter where, in a manner where the political and personal merge. Slanguage, arts and griot glimpses is very much a research guide for the soul. In addition, founder of Speak Out, Slamageddon Slangston was also a member of the Slamageddon Baltimore Slam team that won the 2016 National Poetry Slam and Southern Fried Slam in 2017, 2018, and 2019, as well as Ink Slam 2019. I have told them, I have told them, this is a quote coming from one of the last poets, Umar Ibn Hassan. I have told him that if he was around when the last poets first started, He could have rolled with us. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a warm, warm spoken soul sessions. Welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Slangston Hughes. Peace, peace, peace. Peace be here. Oh, man, brother. This right here, man. This is a treat for me, man. This is definitely a treat for me because, uh, I mean, your work, I mean, your work speaks for itself. 
But let me give the audience the introduction that I got to Mr. Slankston Hughes. Now, I have a partner, everybody know, in my poetry group. I wrote my partner, Written in Pain. So at this time, this I think this was around 2012, 2011. We was doing all types of shows. We was going to different states and things of that nature. So my brother had got, he had got, uh, he had got booked. I believe it could have been in Chicago. I'm not sure. But when he came back, he was like, yo, bro, I just seen this poet that was on the, that was on the, uh, the list to be a feature. And he blew me away. I bought a CD. So he bought the CD back and I heard the poem freedom. And when I heard that poem, my brother, I swear, man, that poem changed my whole view, the way I wrote poetry, that whole album, really that whole album. But that poem right there, man, it, it showed me what the spoken word could actually do if done right and done correctly. And that was my first introduction to you. I think I think you was performing with Archie the Poet and a couple of other poets, but that 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 CD that he bought, he brought that joint back and he was like, yo, bro. He said, this dude is dope. I was like, what's his name? He said, Slangston Hughes. I said, Slangston Hughes? That's Slangston? Like Langston Hughes? And he was like, yeah, but the dude is dope. And I popped in the CD. That's when we had the CDs, man. I popped in the CD, man, and I was blown away. And it was history from there. I actually been able to see you perform live and performed on some of the same stages you performed on, man. And it's always have been an honor. My brother, man, we got so much to talk about, man. But first, the first thing I want to get into, before I even ask the question I asked all my guests, how did you get the pseudonym Slankston Hughes? Oh, man. Well, first of all, um, man, appreciate it, man. Like much appreciation for all of that, for, for that story. Um, and then that that particular album is called Ghetto Grio. Uh, shout out. Shout out to my, my man's my best friend, my brother from way back. Uh, Raw the Pyramid, uh, a.k.a. Sonny Ray. He, he's the executive producer that joint. Um, and um, and um, yeah, that, that joint goes. That was 2012 when that dropped. Um, and um, I guess to answer the question, um, so for me, uh, it really begins with hip hop for sure. Um, you know, that, that's the foundation um, growing up, you know, emceeing and, and just being interconnected to hip hop culture just in general. Um, that, that, that is what segued into poetry. Um, what will we, when we study the history of poetry, especially the black canon, um, Going back to um, Black Arts Movement, we see that, you know, the last poets and Mary Baraka, Gil Scott Heron, Sonia Sanchez, so on and so forth. Um, that that work, that that work that, you know, is viewed now as kind of being the origins of what we, we know spoken word to be in its poetry form now. You know, that that is kind of what it is looked at. But at the time, it was just poetry. You know, it was mm-hmm. just those brothers and sisters performing their poetry in a way that was bringing the performance with the writing to the forefront. Um, 
like a Mary Barack always talked about, he would tell his students, you know, after you get done working on your assignment, you got to take that poetry down the street and perform it for the construction workers out there. And if, and if, and if they interrupt you and tell you to shut, shut the hell up, then mm-hmm. you need to come back to the drawing board. So it was that, that whole part of that black arts movement and making the poetry accessible to the people and, you know, in a way that was beyond the page um, is what begot so much of hip hop. And then, you know, in, in our generation, you know, the early nineties, um, and mid nineties, so much of the hip hop influence begot, you know, the spoken word poetry of our time. Um, and so, so many of us who who do poetry, you know, our influences was hip hop in the same way that poetry was the influence for the early hip hop. And so, it's just that that reciprocal cycle of creative energy and you know the black literary canon, you know. Mary Baraka begot Rakim the same way Rakim begot Saul Williams the same mm-hmm. way Saul Williams may have begot like a Kendrick Lamar or, or Jay Electronica, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's that cycle of energy between the hip-hop and the spoken word poetry. It's really all part of the same literary family tree. And so for me, you know, a, a lot of my favorite poets were poets from that Black arts movement era um, and, and as well as my hip-hop influences. So for the poetry comes from that vein. And when I first uh, got to Baltimore in like 2001, I was going to open mics and I was spitting my bars at the poetry open mics in a way that was theatrical enough and broken up cadence enough mm. to where, um, you know, people just thought I was doing poems for real. And, you know, and then that influenced me to actually start writing spoken word in general. Wow, man. I mean, you're in- it's it's something about your cadence that like like when I listen to your TED talk, I listen to your TED talk, uh, Righteous Alchemy. Shout out to that. I mean, y'all guys gotta go check that out on YouTube, man. If you haven't checked it out already, please go check that out. That joint is fire. But your cadence, it's something about that cadence, man, and the way that you have the ability to say what's being said without being so you know robotic it's like you get your point across your words you fit it into stanzas but it's not like it's forced you know how you you have some poets who would recite and it seemed like their work is forced they're trying to put a message out but it's like it's forced yours come very naturally and um watching your ted talk man you have made some great great analogies man and i wanted to ask you about one of them one of the analogies you made that was so fire, man, was the water analogy. When you said about the two glasses of water and you said this is backed by science where they had one glass of water that they spoke negative things to. Oh, you're the worst water on the face of the earth and all this stuff. And then the other glass of water, they spoke positive affirmations to. And then when they looked at the, the two glasses of waters microscopically, they saw that the one that was spoken to negatively had, you know, it, 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 the water molecules had broken down and things of that nature. And it was almost undrinkable. Whereas the other one, you seen that the water was was vibrant. The colors was vibrant. Everything was good to show that words do have power. And I think that that analogy right there, man, is crazy when you summed it up that say that we are 70 percent water. So if we're made up of 70 percent water and this is just pure water that this is affecting, how much do words affect us? And I thought that was powerful, man. I thought that was powerful. But tell us a little bit about the TED talk. How did you get into that? And um, how did that come about for you? Um, so uh, shout out to uh, 
uh, uh, sciences, actually, speaking of science, um, he's, a, he's a chemist at John Hopkins in Baltimore, who he used to run the TEDx Baltimore um, once for like about 10 years, I think exactly 10 years. And so the last one that he did, um, he, he had ended up being a judge and wanted to slam a get in slams in Baltimore. And, um, and, and he was like, yo, I want you to be the final speaker of the final TED talk that I organized. Wow. Um, and so that's how that's, that's how that came about. Um, and he specifically, funny enough, he specifically asked for that, the freedom piece. <laughs> I wasn't even going to do that on the TED talk. Like I was just going to do, you know, the, the alchemy and the, you know, the science and the spirituality. And, you know, that was the theme. He was like, I, I want, I want the final poem. If you can just do freedom. Cause I wanted to just go off like a rocket ship oh, for like man. the final moment of the final speaker of the final TED that I organized. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that in. You know, I want a little more on the, on the country controversial side but yeah no problem so that's what you asking for and so that's even how how all of that came to be and he specifically requested for for that for that freedom poem to be a part of it and to end it off um and then even you know talking about you know like for me even at the core answer to the question of why poetry for me has a lot to do with that that water analogy in, in that, mm. you know, the, the power that words have from a vibrational standpoint um, and, and what we're really talking about when we're talking about alchemy, like for me, righteous alchemy is the highest level of poetry as an, as a mission, as an intention is that it's more than just words. It's, it's the energy attached to the words. Um, it's the difference between the difference between those two different those two different containers of water and, and, and those two different sets of vibration is often as, as simple and as serious as the difference between your piece of shit and your piece is the shit. Mm. And the two different vibrations that come with those two different sentences, but just, you're just slightly altering wow. the combination of the words and the intention behind it. And so for me, you know, ultimately like my, my highest final mission or whatever like in terms of the footprints i leave on this planet is is re-engaging us as as practitioners of words with the original incantational ability that words have going all the way back to before we use spoken language if you go back far enough in the history of this planet you know it started with with light transmissions. It started with what we would look at as being like telepathy. You know what I mean? Like, the, like the, the avatars that inhabited this planet black back then, the original, original melanated people on this earth, spoken language wasn't a thing. Like it was mm. third eye light transmissions. And when people started to create written word and spoken word, what they referred to as the word of God or the words of the gods was those original communicative light transmissions. Mm. And so for me, like when we're talking about righteous alchemy, when we're talking about the power of words and what poetry can be and should be when it's, when it's done at its highest and most righteous level of intention is being able to use words to shift the energy and to shift the water that is inside of us as as avatars, as as bodies of flesh, we're mostly water. And so the way that we engage with our water has everything to do with how we shift the energy and the intention from from positive to ne- from negative to positive and, and having that be our, our, our driving force. Um, so for me, when it's all said and done, like I, I would I would want my words to really be incantational um because for me that's that's poetry put back into its proper context and the same way that you know john coltrane's mission was to to create music that could that could 
could make it rain when it needed to or could, or could heal diseases in the same way there are churches in Africa where they study Coltrane compositions as hymnals like that that's the context that I, I would want my my words and legacy to ultimately live in so when you talk about that analogy like that's at the core of what I think is everything we should be striving to do with mm. the intentional energy that we put behind our words as poets it's, it's got to go beyond just you know did you rhyme good or was the metaphor slick? It's what are we really trying to not just say, but do mm. the words. That's, that's, it's so profound, man. And it goes back to that first, that first album that I heard you with that freedom, how you were saying on that album, you had did a track. I forgot which one it was, but you had did a track that you was like, you got a poetry voice. <laughs> He's like poets saying they got a poetry voice. Like you spit in poetry. And it goes back. When I heard that piece, it sparked me to write a piece. It sparked me to write a piece when I heard that piece. Cause I thought it was so profound that to write something, not just for the fame, not just to say, Oh, I'm a dope poet or to try to get some sister or whatever, but to write with purpose, write with meaning. And I think your work, it urges it promotes, it prompts you to do that. Just that. So what your aim, what your aim is, I definitely, I really believe that you are achieving it with your work, brother. Because um, definitely that was the sentiment that I felt when I heard that piece. And it, it really shifted my writing because I was one of those swag poets, you know what I'm saying? I was in NY, you know, every every slam I go to, I was shutting it down. So, you know, you get, you get a little boastful and all that. And I, and I heard that piece and it really humbled me. That album humbled me. You know what I'm saying? So it really hit the mark. I mean, your words are really, you know, they're very inspirational, my brother. And it, it's crazy, man. That, that analogy, man, that analogy is so profound. When I heard it, I was like, wow, man, we are 70% water. You know what I mean? And looking at it on a metaphysical level, you know, the same, the same properties exist. You know what I mean? When you when you when you really breaking it down, you're like, wow, this is this. But on this level, on this physical plane that we're in, it's the same thing. The recipe is the same. So I think that's dope, bro. And one thing else I figured I I, I, I found out or I didn't just find out, but I noticed I noticed that during your TED talk, the ability that you had to to make the conversation and the poems seamless. It, it like I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't. It was it was crazy. I was like, wow. I was like, is this one piece? Because when I heard the freedom, that's when I put it together. Because I thought, you know, when you when you look at TED talks, I seen a few of them, and you see people giving a little uh they little uh, lectures about certain things and everything. But I was like, is he going? Is he talking now, or is this the poem? And then I listened. I was like, oh no, this is the poem. Right, right. But this not. He's talking, but no, this is the poem. But you went back and forth. In between the segues, I right. thought it was it was pretty much seamless that you that you really couldn't tell the difference. And I thought that was dope. When I put it together at the end, when I heard freedom, I was like, oh, all right. He was doing individual poems, but it, you made it very seamless in between. But listen, I got to get my my family right, to right. hear you spit live because uh, this is what I've been waiting for. Let me set up the stage for you, my brother. Uh, coming to the stage, I want to give a warm Warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Slingston Hughes. And man, I gotta say, I gotta say, you know, thank you for that. Um, 
and and shout out to Sarge. Sarge Solomon is is the, is the guy who was the, organizing the TED Talk. Shout out to Sarge. Um, it was a fun fact to ties back to poetry is that Sarge's father is is the curator of the Khalil Gibran Museum in Lebanon. Like, wow. Like just, just how poetry ties into things. Like like his father's the curator of because he he's from he's from Lebanon originally. Um but I I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with with the freedom joint um that yes. closes out that TED talk. Um and this is the book that you mentioned it's it's from the book the mm. the um slang with arts and real glimpses black Jesus edition. Um and what I noticed a lot of poets did with their TED Talks was they would talk and then they'd be like, now I'm going to do it. And then kind of go back and forth where I wanted it to flow together seamlessly like water. Um, and then, you know, had an exclamation point at the end. And so this is the version of the poem on the album is not, I don't think is this version. And on YouTube is definitely not this version. So this, this is actually the book, you know, the full version. Um, and what I remember most about writing this poem is I was on, um, I think I was on Amtrak and I was on the way to Philly for an event that, um, that um, Pam Africa and the new Black Panthers was putting together. It was a protest that we did um, for Mumia and like, you know, they shut the whole street down and marched down the middle of the street. And what I noticed the most was that like um, in other cities, you know, you get pushback from the traffic when you shut a block down people, but nah, like people in their cars joined in, in the protest, mm. you know, and like joined, rolled down their windows and joined in the chance. And, and I believe, uh, I believe brother Malcolm Shabazz, the second was there, you know, you know, before, before he was killed. Um, and it was a lot of, you know, a lot of really, um, luminaries of, you know, the black struggle, as it is still today, that was that was present. I remember on the way there writing this, and I was like, "Yo, I want to perform this at the joint." But it's like I didn't finish it in time. Mm. <laughs> but I, I remember that's that's the day that that I started writing this poem. I freed thousands of slaves. I could have freed thousands more if they had known they were slaves. Harriet Tubman. Everything that I say is sad because I care, sincere. And everything I have and will do has been spitten and will be written. And all of its preceded meanings is out of a deep-seated love. Love for my people. Freedom. Freedom. Free. Dumb. We ain't free. We dumb. Free to be dumb. And this shit ain't caused by white people. It's the result of nigger dumb, lost and divided, misguided children walking through death's dark valleys and glorified ghettos. The sun blocked out by our own shadows, basking in fear, steeping across gapping cracks and poison pavement, gashes too vast to be filled by blind faith, venomous spiritual vacancies, continually nursing our every need with the sweet taste of complacency, memories naked, snatched and ripped, taken away from the very titties of our identity, incubated inside the containments of complacent slavery. Mind sterilized from the vibes of third eye vision, sucking simple minded sustenance and abundance from the bosom of conditioned living and black embarrassment television, licking crack lace semen from the white disease penis tips of Willie Lynch's descendants. And you've already swallowed and digested because speaking life through mics and entertainment has faded into the pixelated arrangement of a rare occasion like Twitch, Twitch, just mind your business, just mind your business. 
crack babies are ice skating on the frozen, frustrated landscapes of cold, castrated tongues. Because black masons, preachers, and agenda-given, money-driven slum leeches disguised as local politicians who refuse to speak the truth would be better off without one. Free, dumb, free, dumb, free, dumb. We are complacent slaves, hypnotized by the pendulum swing of American dreams, easily appeased by money and fickle fiscal fame, a deranged existence, deceased while living inside giant block-sized graves, modern-day slaves, pop it, lock it, drop it like black unemployment rates with no option, sharecropping on minimum wage, whipped and sticked in chains. Now we park whips in front of project complexes and flexing platinum chains, mental shackles wrapped around the brain, insane. But when I put my pen to page, it all sounds so fucking lame. Wordplay is played like hot top phase, but whether it's crack or rap that you slang, it's all the same. Tossed on the cross, crucified at the cost of a lost generation, and neither grandma nor Jesus can save them, and we will probably not make it. Slaving in a workplace to save face for payment so that BG&E don't turn your place into a damn plantation. No, you have not made it. And if Asada ain't parting, then ain't nobody made it. Free, dumb, we shall overcome. Nigga, it's already over. Obama has come, and that nigga done while your black car got Trump free, dumb, free, dumb. Nigga, you are free to be dumb as shit. Talking out your asshole in a 2016 election ballot filled out on toilet paper, too complacent to wipe away our own ignorance, wallowing in fecal-filled self-satisfaction. We have got to be the saddest motherfuckers on the planet, and poetry's pretend purpose as the palate of the people has been permed to perfection, like infinity lessons with no conceptions, anti-artistic progression, so my awareness is my my only weapon, so yeah, nod your head, snap your fingers, say, I know that's correct, but you'll probably hear nothing but diatribes of doggera and dented dialect dressed in dictionary defiance, wondering why the fuck does he keep rhyming, didn't he get to the point yet? I cried when I wrote this poem because I didn't want it to be real, but unlike photographic stills and film, Life cannot be correctly edited with a program, and we have been effectively programmed, erased, re-edited, and reprogrammed. Just because you've become accustomed to the smell of chitlins in your grandmother's kitchen on Thanksgiving doesn't mean your senses aren't affected by the vicious symptoms, brainwashed and conditioned, complacent slaves, free to be done within our cotton-picking conditions. It's as if the ghost of Huey P. Newton is producing communal impotence while selling drugs to infants, souls sitting on dubs, big Willie lynchings. So you can talk about freedom and fight for equal rights, but only under certain conditions. Politicians popping off policies are obviously pretenders, but every single leader we have been given has been attached to an appendix of amendments and agendas, and they're the biggest boss we've seen thus far to this very day. So there really isn't any difference between Freeway Ricky Ross and MLK. It's all about conditions. Forget this. Fucking ridiculous. Niggas got me twitching. F- trigger finger itching. Ripping up all my black history books and effing effigy while I'm spitting because Rose's black ass had a seat. King woke up and got shot back to sleep, and then Obama gave a speech. And that's it. Ain't nobody been to no fucking mountaintops yet. Nigga, Malcolm X's grandson used to live in the projects. I was probably supposed to write this like 12 years ago, but motherfuckers wasn't ready yet. Beyond dick rot and you was gargling Kool-Aid flavored semen from Barack's nutsack spitting out hope. And yeah, I saw Sasha and Malia with Michelle following Big Daddy O on the go. And it was oh so cute. But word to Umar Ben, that shit was a real bad TV show. The guy ain't instigating just for the sake of historic entertainment and parading fake euphoric race relations. This is undulterated truth propagated through the mic. You think this ish is rebellious? Motherfuckers, I've not yet begun to write the bastard babies of Elijah Muhammad pop locking inside of Medusa's womb while she vomits 
ebonics, rocking trims, setting poisonous snakes as locks, laced with sex, sex and death, smoking chronic mind, body and soul all woven into the mess because everything has been compromised and everything has been contaminated all in the name of freedom, even if it means death. And I confess, I can feel the stress on my chest when new Wabi and Garveyite presidents are flashing Illuminati signals in my face while I'm spitting in protest. Freedom got me plunging through the septic of congested johns, feeling like less than a legend, looking for the roots that were infected, suggesting that you should wake up only to open your eyes and realize that you're still trapped inside of a second dream. The truth posted in plain sight on the Facebook walls and Instagram feeds of your life, and you won't even read it. Illogical, technological optimism presented in the form of gentrified chicken, and we love to eat it, but believe it when I tell you that the revolution will not be tweeted, and you have openly received it, the ultimate achievement of freedom. Freedom. You have freedom, and it just isn't right. James David Manning said that no one has ever made a better slave than black people in the history of this planet, and God damn it, he's right. You have freedom. Free, dumb. Free, dumb. You are free to be dumb. Nigga, you ain't fucking free, you dumb. Free, dumb. Free to be dumb. Free, dumb. Freedom! Wow. Oh, my God, man. If you ever find yourself somewhere lost and surrounded by enemies who want to speak in your own language, who destroy your statues and instruments, who ban your oom boom ba boom, then you in trouble. Deep, deep trouble. probably take you several hundred years to get out and the time has come freedom wow oh man that's the full full version that's wow I appreciate which always you, ends with the Mary Baraka wise 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 quote because um Oh, that's really man. the origin right there. Like that's that's where it all that's where it all stems from. That, that well, the crazy thing about that poem is that poem is actually poem number two in a trilogy of poems on the subject of freedom. Mm. Um, so that's that's like the middle passage, if you will, uh, of the freedom train of of, of, wow. of a trilogy of pieces. That that piece is timeless. That's 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 twelve years old. That's 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. And about, 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 about nine, about nine, nine and a half ish. Um, Yo, well, man. I, yeah, maybe you're right. I wrote it probably, probably like 2010, 2011 when I actually wrote it. And then the actual Get a Real album came out 2012. So, yeah, it might be about 11. For wow, real, man. Think about it. That piece is timeless, man. It's, it's time, is a timeless piece that, Ah oh, man, the wordplay is so much to unpack in that piece, man. Each stanza, man, it's like it's so much packed on top of it. You could just break it down. They need to just look at that poem right there and break it down and make a make a some type of commentary behind that poem right there, man. My brother, man. Man, it's poets, you know, our signature pieces 
are not the ones we choose to be our signature pieces. Indeed. It's honestly the one the people choose. Like, like that's my signature piece. Like, mm. I, could, I can't even get away from it. Like, that's the reality of it. Like, there are <laughs> other poems that are my favorite poems of mine that I've written, but that's the one that people always come back to. That's the one everybody remembers first. Like, like, oh, yeah, freedom. That's the freedom guy. That's like, that's, it, without a doubt, my signature piece, whether I want it to be or not. Like, it's yeah, not really that's in my it, man. Because that that piece, that was the piece that just out of that album. That whole album was fire, though. If y'all don't got that, man, where can we get that? Is that still available? That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ghetto Grill is available. Um, because I looked, yeah. I, I looked up on <laughs> Amazon. I look, I was looking for it, and I looked up Amazon, and it's another Slankston Hughes that came up. I was like, hold up, this is not Slankston. It's another guy came up and I was looking for your work on Amazon, but you may be on some other um screaming um platform. That, that particular that particular album go to Reverb Nation. Go oh to, Reverb uh, Slankson Hughes. Slankson Hughes Baltimore Reverb Nation and, and you can get that that. Okay, definitely, definitely. I need to get that, man. I want to get a copy of that book, the written version of that poem. Where can we get that at? That you that you can get on Amazon. I get that uh, on Amazon too. Okay. Yeah, Slang Arts and Creole Glimpses. That you definitely can get that on Amazon as well as the Writers Alchemies on Amazon, and then the Ghetto Creole album. That's Reverb Nation. Oh, definitely, man. I'm getting all of those, man. I definitely need that book to go in my collection of different artists that I collect, man. I definitely need that one with that version in it because that poem is so profound and so inspirational. I mean, but we want to get with some more poetry, man. I got to take advantage. I know everybody's going to be saying, yo, you had Slankson on the show, make him spit. You know what I'm saying? They need to hear you spit, man. So let's get another piece. This one of your choosing. You know what I mean? This, whatever you choose, whatever you feel that's on your heart that you love, we want to hear that one. That's the one we want okay. to hear. So let me, um, let me set this. This, this. this is a newer joint um, with some of the same things um, still and still in the, in the griot vein of things. Uh, this is uh, this is griot slang. All right, let's get it. Moonlight and high tide in our veins, a middle passage filled with hurricanes screaming in a black woman's voice. Even an ocean couldn't wash away our blood. What makes you think your whiteness can wash away history? White people calling my poems angry. It's like lighting a fire to a forest and being surprised when that shit burns. The black in my poem too loud to live in between the literary of your white pages. Like how our mother tongue was made orphan inside of our own mouths. So we make the king's English blade to behead the king with. Like we ain't poem in the flesh, like our hearts still beating despite all the deaths surrounding us. Ain't the loudest revolution you've heard yet. The way a mouth tries to move mountain with metaphor. These ain't poems, more like a shotgun propped up on my lips. But when the personal becomes too political, our stories aren't allowed to have a home. Cracker, please. Fuck out of my face with all that mayonnaise-flavored-ass prose trying to be poem. Dark-skinned in my mind, so I write dark-skinned poems, nigga. The gangster of my speech, nigga. This poetry got teeth, nigga. And I'm going eat, nigga, 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 nigga. Say it 30 times a day and make my beard grow bigger. Which is to say, nigga. 
as in black joy, as in void of whiteness and all of its shit, our skin replenished by the sun while you run from it, or the way grant money becomes available all of a sudden after city blocks burn, or how Baltimore got ignored and so our voices turned arsenic, and so our prayers got mislabeled protests, riot in our breath, how Freddie Gray made the difference between black and white in a city so obvious. It's not hyperbole when we say black don't crack. Because y'all done hit us with everything from whips, gats, and crack, and we still ain't cracked. Warning, triple entendre on the way. From birth of a nation to gentrification, no matter how much white you put in the hood, the heartbeat of your history will always be black. So the next time you try to limit my literature, just remember how lit this shit really gets. A burning page in every quote, break beats and smoke, a Mary Baraka and Black Chakra and a group piece called Dope. I'm Frederick Douglass with a black wife and a rhyme scheme embedded inside every speech he ever spoke, a hand grenade in my throat, ready to set fire to every white ass poem ever wrote. And I don't even care, nigga. Wow. Oh man, you know you got you got the poet's poet. You got the you got the poet's poet. You are a poet's poet, man. Like wow, be that piece right there fire, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that piece that thank piece you, thank you. that piece fire, man. Damn, man. It's like whew, it's so much you said in that joint, man. It's like it's so much you said on that joint. It's like it's crazy. But this piece right here, man, is real because they try to censor you. You know what I mean? Oh, you are angry. No, this is what I feel. I write what I feel. I write what I experience. And you ain't going to put no sense on that. You ain't going to put no damping on that. It's going to be in your face. I I, I interviewed another poet, a uh, brother named Ed Mabry. You may know of him. And, uh, but of course, yeah, shout out no to Ed, 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 that's my brother right yeah, there. Man. The brother, the OG. Man, he was saying something that I thought was very profound. And he was like, we are needed to basically revise these pieces that of the old. These pieces like the mm-hmm. Gil Scott Herons, you know, the last poets, they, they spoke of, of poems at their time that was attacking what was going on with us, dealing with us. And a lot of the times we forget those poems and we got to bring back and bring a new version of those poems. Like the tele, the revolution will be televised. Yeah. He was like, yeah. it's time for somebody to come back out with a reinvention of that. Revisit that. You know what I mean? Cause that's the spoken word. And I think, I think my brother, you are one of those griots that, you know, revive that old, that old thinking to remind us where we've been so we can know where we're going you know and i yeah, think yeah. i think those, that those, those poems are these poems you know what i mean like like it is it is a direct it is a direct literary lineage from those poems what we talk about as the black arts movement and beyond mm. and the poetry really that that we have established here in baltimore that has you know these national reverberations of like that Baltimore go hard style? Like we really are remixing the Black Arts Movement in a in a context that relates to what is happening today, and and we're still responding to the same shit. Um, it, it was a line that 
a really dope poet from Baltimore by the name of Ad Lib ad libbed a mm-hmm. line because he would freestyle poems. And I quoted him in a poem in this book. And the line is the last poets must have been the last poets mm. because we still are continuing to write those same poems now, not because that's the mission, but because that's what's needed. Indeed. Like that is still what we are still needing to talk about now, even more than ever. And so like, yeah, like for me, it's like my influences come so directly from that lineage like to in a way like when I started doing slam it was like I was the weirdo because <laughs> I was coming from that kind of influence like I wasn't influenced by like YouTube videos of mm. poets and other slams like I was bringing that voice to the slam setting yes. and then that that led to Baltimore establishing several voices in that setting and now now you see our influence in that in that Indeed. on that platform around the country where it's like it's okay to not just go hard, but it's okay to be black and go hard. That's right. Be unapologetically black and go hard. And we're we're now that because of of the commentary that is demanded of us as as artists, like that is per the permeation of that style is all over the country. Um, and and we definitely were a big part of being like, yo, like it's time to kick that door in. That's right, man. And what you're doing in Baltimore is phenomenal, man. I say I follow the slam team, your youth team that you coach and everything like that. And um, like y'all be making headways, man. I'll be looking at the YouTube videos, man. Y'all be going hard, man. How many championships your youth team got? Well, the youth team have have two being reached championships and then the adult team, there's there's uh, three national joints and then there's three straight Southern frauds. Um wow. And, and so on and so forth. Then there's a lot of individual um, success that has happened with the members of the slam team, but, and, you know, and, and just, you know, establishing themselves just, just in the world of poetry period beyond the competition stage. But really, you know, the titles and all of that is, is you know, of course, you know, that's, that's cool. And we appreciate that, you know, our work is able to permeate in that way and show for itself. But it's, it's, it's really about what happens after That's right. the, the competition for us. It's like, you know, how, how do we, how do we leave this, this legacy, this, this Baltimore and this, this literary legacy of radical black art um, in a way that, that, reverberates beyond just like, Oh yeah, they want some slam titles. Like, nah, that's really like phase. That's just yeah, yeah that's, zero and a half. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the the effort that you guys are putting on, man, we we see it, man. We see it, and Baltimore go hard, man. Baltimore go hard, and it's not easy to win three Southern fries, man. That's not easy at all. To let alone win one, but to to win three straight back to back. And I notice every time you come to New York, you bring artists with you. You bring artists that we wouldn't be familiar with. But they come in accompanied by you and you let them shine. I seen you do that twice at, at at venues where they wanted you to spit and you you gave that shine up and let one of your artists or let one of the artists that you came with let them shine, man. And I thought that was just yeah. dope, man. The, the what you sacrifice to get the art out. And you know, it's not about fame with you, man. And that's why you come across so real, you come across so authentic. Because it's not a game, you know. You can see, you can through, you can see through phony shit, man. You can see through phony shit, and your words itself is real. You believe what you say. You believe what you say, man. And it's the conviction behind it. 
is just evident, my brother. And I and I think you need to know that coming from the outside, someone looking from the outside and and seeing it, man, because your work is paying off, man. Your aim is definitely paying off. You are out here touching people, brother. You are definitely totally out here touching that. people. Definitely, bro. But yeah, man, uh, I'm sorry to be so insistent, man, but uh I need another piece, man. Another let's 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 get another one, man. Whatever's on your heart, bro. Cause whatever comes out is dope, man. <laughs> whatever comes out is dope. So a few days ago, I traveled to the future where I met a black baby who glowed in the dark. When I asked him how, the child didn't speak, but handed me a smile inside of a notebook that read the following. Black light. Now, the resilience and brilliance of Black people managing to stay alive while simultaneously bringing brightness to an often dark world that knows only how to hate you. I heard Black joy is the substance left over after Black rage melts away, after our capacity to love endlessly punches white supremacy in the face. Correction. Black joy is the ability to punch white supremacy in the face. Is what happens when both patience and paranoia run out. Have you ever seen a classroom configure into a courthouse? A church steeple fold in on its people? Prayers and eulogies have become synonymous on our tongue. I guess poetry really don't save lives. The way we go from bassinet to body bag in the blink of an eye. The thin line between hands up, don't shoot, and praise God, I'm coming home. It ain't that we got soul, but rather we live so close to death that ours is always showing. Like the way we hung from trees wasn't proof that Jesus was one of us. How even God's son was murdered by the state in a public execution, like the crucifixion wasn't the first lynching. Or how art as activism isn't a decision, but rather a birthright. But democracy has always been a dead body propped up at the party where everyone feeds off its rotting flesh, an oral orgy of the worst kind where the poor and the dying get fucked every time. You ever notice how America and necrophilia rhymes and so many POCs want to try and ignore their hue like they DNA ain't saturated in Middle Passage just like me and you, like slave ports didn't exist all throughout the Caribbean, like colonizers didn't rape indigenous tribes and create Latin Americans as if they ain't rip three-fifths of us from Africa's shores and hyphenate the remains. Colorblind just means you're not looking. You don't see race because you won't acknowledge my face, the same way you won't look beneath Trayvon's hood or inside Emmett's coffin. This was supposed to be my Black Joy poem. And it is, because despite all the metaphors mangled with murder and all the proplatry imagery in the poetry, our resilience radiates infinitely, our laughter, a survival tactic that will literally move us across the room. Why you think our humor is so dark, our art so bloody, our tears so cleansing, a sacrifice of sacred energy keeping us living. You ever notice how a hug can often be the most powerful form of protest? Black joy is everywhere. From my great-grandmother's enchanting stare to black children with hair that treats gravity like that shit ain't even there. And I've seen black light sparking and leaping into existence, the playlists of resistance and ancient rhythm, alchemy and bass blending, like Erica Bridgeford transforming a crime scene into a sacred space, knowing that death is not a thing except a door that needs to be open to let the music out, like an old man bending himself into an infant that glows in the dark. 
One more time. Wow, bro, that's that piece right there, man. Wow, man, that ability, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that ability. I'm sitting there listening to this piece, man, and I'm just lost. It brought me back to that point you was making about about the religion and how you know how you say you you don't believe in religion, but you know God is real. You know what I mean? And then you liken God to your grandmother and I thought that was just I just thought that was profound you know I thought it was profound and the concept when I when I hear this piece the, the concept of God the concept you know what's of, even more profound what's that literally today my grandmother turned 80 years old wow 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 so what man. are the odds that you would point that out that's crazy right you know but and and it's it's mind-boggling because i i was like when i was listening to your talk i was like wow man um your grandmother's god and i understood that so i mean it just it just fit me like a glove to know what you know how you know, they orchestrate things in your life to make things happen and spark things to happen. And you see them as God and it's literal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how some religious people will hear that and like, oh, this is blasphemy and all that. But no, this is literal. And I know I really dig where you're coming from, my brother. And it's, it's, it's crazy, man. This poem, it just, it brings me back to when I was thinking about when you was doing that, that talk. And I was like, wow, man, this is so profound of how your grandmother is God because my grandmother was so instrumental in me in my life. You know, she, she's passed on, but she was so instrumental in me in my life. I was like, I just, I was like, wow. I just thought that was just so profound. And that's how I look at my grandmother, man, is I looked at her as nothing. She, what she said was law, you know, and to, and to contradict her, was blasphemy, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I think that's dope, my brother, man. But, but that that poem, bro, that it's like it's, it's it's not too much you can say about your work, man. You just gotta absorb it, man. It's like you just really gotta absorb it, man, because you're saying something that's so profound that you gotta listen to it over and over and just absorb it piece by piece, man. It's so many different points you made in that piece right there. It's just crazy, man. But uh oh my god man my brother man Appreciate you, it. <laughs> yeah I mean for real man and and what you're doing out there you know and I want to urge everybody man go get that book go get the book from Amazon. I'm copying that soon as I get off from this interview I'm going to Amazon and I'm I'm purchasing that ASAP because I need a copy of that because uh the words right there, just you spitting them, man. I know I can absorb so much more when I read those words. And I really can study. I can really study them, man. My brother, kudos to you. Kudos to you, my brother. But definitely, let's let's get into let's get into another piece. Are you okay? Because I know you can spit all day, yeah, yeah. bro. You can spit so, all day. I'm a actually what I'm a segue a little bit. Um we've talked about a lot of things mm. and we've, we've discussed me as the incarnation that is 
Slankston Hughes. Um, what a lot of people in the realm of the poetry sphere may not know is that I am other people too. Um, Slankston Hughes is me, the poet, but then there are others who also I've channeled throughout the years. Um, and so I'm bringing a lot of that back mm. from an artistic and from a branding standpoint. Um, there are, are several projects in the works. Um, and so this Langston Hughes, I am the poet, but I have two twin cousins. Um, they're my twins and my cousins, Slick Vic Lowe and Filoni's Soul Train. That's my man. Who, <laughs> they, you know, they are MCs. Um, and then our evil ancestor from the future is this guy named Lyrical Leviathan. Um, so what I would actually like to do is to uh, share um, some Lyrical Leviathan. And Please. I have to channel that by putting on the, the <laughs> Shambhala lenses, the invisible glass that lets me transform just enough to channel some of the leviathan's bars let's get it when it comes to spitting i'm god in any religion metaphor mysticism solemn lyricism verses or church sermons dispersed through hollow speakers spit divine like jesus having seizures with potent visions flows get them open like incisions your lines verse my lines the difference between a scrimmage and game time React. Rhyme schemes hit the track. Harder than black women with new weave who can't scratch. Run like underlay. Rap battles and wordplay. But with the words we don't play. Punch lines linger. Hands and fingers for gunplay. Because in the streets they all want to draw like anime. Until bullets impact health. Combat lack of wealth with knowledge of self. Rap till my face melt. Impressive homage. Might teach it to my last breath. Blessed to follow the calling. Because I'm trying to beat death like the reaper having domestic problems. Nigga. Music used to be a movement, a fusion. Prophets, producers, rhythm and activism. Rubrics and loops, not useless spitting inside a noose. Mike Truth is y'all students and I'm a school shooter. Rewind the future for proof. Easily, it's strange to me how these caricatures can claim to be MCs when in real life they write less lyrics than Cardi B. My brains are strapped. I gauge the stage, enrage the page, engage in combat. So many bars, any battle becomes a cage match. Where cats get filled with more holes than a snapback. You lose, confused on the track. Your style stranded, exceptional standards. Extraterrestrials felt the impact on other planets. The force impossible to manage. And of course, I hold the mic like a promise. Poetry's atomic. They want war. I draw firearms like a human torch comic. An orthodox rhyme recital, slay all rivals, snatch titles, vital ignition, long distance spitting. My mic is the rifle, they bars libel. So many ghost writers, rappers might as well spit with cue cards and subtitles. Y'all ain't lyricists, y'all liars and shit. A beast on beats, deep yet still keep the surface on fire. Verses perverted like quagmire, no skills. Industry filled with more biters than actual rhyme writers. Ain't trying to hear that crap, how they claim hip hop, then go pop like bubble rap. They never win. Plus, they pin is hesitant when we bomb stages with intelligence. So put your hands up like the cops coming in. Your melanin is evident. Stay prevalent with heavily rhyme schemes. Draw the blood of weak MCs to see if their DNA can be redeemed. We call that a plasma screen. Infinite Mike Fiends. Wow. 
Wow. So that was that was Thelonious Leviathan. That was that, that was, was lyrical Leviathan. That was lyrical. Just, just a little bit of lyrical Leviathan. All right, that's he, lyrical he, Leviathan. He's the evil ancestor from the future. All right, so you gotta you gotta hit us with a little bit of slick Vic low though, B. You gotta give us some slick Vic low, B. I've been yeah, watching he, slick yeah, Vic low. I've been watching him on Instagram, B. Going bananas, B. Going bananas. He be around. Um, word words. Okay, just a, a smidget, a smidget of slick bit. Um, Yo, the infinite rhyme syndicate, mics and instrument, ethereal lyrical eminence. They rhyme tentative, hide in their tenements. There's a war going on outside. No rappers safe from actors yapping their gums about clapping and guns. Your words deserve a your words deserve a muzzle. You couldn't rap your way out of an already solved crossword puzzle. Intense vintage intent, invent the dope shit. Focus, potent, explosive, antidote to the corrosive. They quote this ambidextrous hope shit, talking textures and lectures. Direction. All I need out of life is dope bars and a mic. Quite as nice. Wordplay a doomsday device. Pen advice. Poetry, my best friend, but hip hop's my wife, nigga. What I write, nigga. Musically supreme, elusively serene, kind of like Roy is. Clear sound on the keys. The lyricist, no comparing this. Spit bills like pyramids. Meta modes, controls, uphold the scrolls. Lyrical Ashikawan, the savior for souls. Hearing this, indeed, vicious breed scriptures with ease. Spirits of jazz musicians and our dictions. What we spitting is in the tradition as MCs. Blow. Stand on the now, freestyle, spread like fouls, flow in the now, was a wild child, criminal, raised on the boom bap and bootleg cereal, versus profound, analyzing, strategizing a style based on record crates and cassette tapes that would pop in your speaker box, the equal to the ether equinox, hold the mic like a prayer, send these rhymes out there like mantras, modern boogie monsters under the stairs, hoping the real head still got ears, or mediocrity rises, will MC survive this, the livest, hip hop, we still hear. Because ultimately, these MCs ain't really where it's at. The combat is to pull out the gap instead of bring it back to the boom back. So that's why sometimes when I write, I wonder what the hands of God might feel like. Music you can't repeat, a thief in the night. The sound of thunder from under the human heartbeat to speak life and try to pin infinite wordplay. But our time here is so short, so I try to write the words my mouth won't say. Like I love you and thank you. How can I help? Spoken when the moment was felt, the devil is stealth, but sacred truth is my wealth. I answer to ancestors musically, and every day is a eulogy. It seems to be angels moving elusively over my loose leaf. Born alone, die alone, no beat or microphone. With my last breath, I heard death's whisper, but this is aspiration for living. Poems woven into frozen pictures are authored the most prolific. This go out to my daughter's nieces and god sister, to the poets, musicians, organizers, and rhyme spitters. Bars go hard, graffiti walls are tall scriptures. The most important rhyme I'd ever write, drafted, crafted to lay my footprints after I take steps into the afterlife. Because truth is, the youth is the only reason that we breathe and to pass these teachers to the next. These stanzas are the canon and the text. Your chest inhales hell's temperatures, yet remain blessed when the literature of your breath runs out and the next set of writers, all we got left. Can't let the fire burn out. 
Rap ghostly, hands hold burning bars mostly. Hot herbals, journal was wholly infernal. The rhyme quotient, blow lines of ink like dro. Didn't think the flow would get this emotional. Hold the notes close, cause the pen been my best friend since way back when. Explode the scrolls, soul enclosed in dope. Globe out of control, ready to choke on smoke. Poisonous prophecy spoke. Killings regularly, we ready to overdose. But if we can raise the village and reach the children, there's still hope. There's still hope. So that, that's a fusion. It's a fusion of Thelonious Coltrane and Slick Vic Lowe merging together on some Gogeta type stuff. That's dope. That's dope. Oh, man, my brother, man. I mean, I could have you here all day, man. But I know you got things to do, my brother. Wow, man. I mean, your pieces, these pieces I'm talking about, man. You guys, we got to go through everything to make sure the people go out there and support you, man. Any way we can, we got to support you, man. We got to support you. Now, real quick, one more time. The book that you can get on Amazon, the name of the book is what? The book is Slanguage Arts and Griot Glimpses. Black Jesus looks like that's right here. Um, that's on Amazon. Okay. Slanguage arts and griots. I'm I'm definitely copping that. Soon as I finish this, I'm copping that. I need to have that book. And so, so slanguage am- arts and griot glimpses. And then the other book on there is Writer's Alchemy. Myself and Devlin Waldell. Writer's Alchemy. Yes, I'm getting more. And you said on Reverb Nation, yeah, the the uh the album with Freedom. The um the name of that album. Right. Yeah, you can get Ghetto Grio on Ghetto, Ghetto Grio is the name of that joint. Um, and as you can, that's for free on that's free on Reverb Nation. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, All right. just put in uh, Slankston Hughes, comma Baltimore Reverb Nation. Okay, got you, got you, got you. So you you guys definitely go check that out, man. You guys check him out, support him, man. Support him on Reverb. Support him on Amazon. Go cop that book. You will not be disappointed, man. I mean, my brother, I really want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming through the show, man, because I know you're busy, man. You're traveling all over. You're doing all these shows, man. You're coaching the youth. I mean, you got your two slam teams. You're doing a lot, my brother, and I appreciate you for taking the time to come on the show and really, you know what I'm saying, bless us, man, because we really do appreciate it, man. We really do. Thank you for having me. Most Def King, anytime. And anything you got new coming out is an open invitation to you to hit me up, and I'll I'll make a commercial for it. I'll bring you on. You can debut if you're going to do the album. You can come and debut it on the show. And you know what I'm saying? We can do a live version of the show and try to get people to like to purchase it right there on the show while we while we doing the um interview, my brother. So definitely for sure. For sure. Definitely many, man. many, 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 many things in the works for sure. Definitely, my brother. Literally and, seven. <laughs> and we and we're gonna what you go. Whatever you do, shoot me, let me know what you got going on. I would definitely plug you on the shows, man, because I really believe in what you do. And I, I really believe that you have something to say, man. There's a difference. You know the quality of the poets you deal with. And my brother, there's a difference with you, man. And we thank you, brother. We really do thank you, man. We appreciate you. I want to thank you. I want to. Re- I want to remind my audience to, if you want to, because I didn't get a chance to play the um, commercial. But if you guys are wanting to uh, publish a book, your your chat book, a novel, or anything, 
You can go check out my, my people over there at Any Child Press. They're giving a 10% discount if you use the promo code Spoken Soul. All right. Use that promo code Spoken Soul. You get a 20 a 10% discount on all the packages that they offer. And they have packages ranging from 400 to 4,000. Very comprehensive packages. So if you guys are looking to publish your book, you know, go check it out. It's a black owned company and um, Bill's a good guy. But definitely, my brother, once again, I want to thank you. I want to thank all you guys who listen every week. You know, I want to remind you to love each other. Love, love yourselves. Love each other. Make each other better by reinforcing positive affirmations of one another. When we look at each other, we should see greatness. When we look at each other, we shouldn't be one to hate on each other. We should try to help each other. We need to deal with black economics. And black economics mean we buy black. We love black. We go hard for black. That's what we do, you know? And it, it's not about them hating us. Long as we love us, that's all that matters. So I'll remind you people, man, I love you, and I hope you love me too. Peace.